This is the 390th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Falcons beat reporter for the AJC. Today we're going to recap the NFL scouting combine that wrapped up over the weekend. I caught up with CBS analyst Charles Davis, who's also working for the NFL Network at the Combine. We caught up with him in Indianapolis to discuss some of the quarterbacks that participated in the Combine. If you are listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. We're back from break, and Charles Davis took out time to join us at the Combine in Indianapolis to discuss the top quarterbacks in the upcoming NFL draft. The Falcons were out and about in Indianapolis, and they did interview with, we were able to confirm the uh, interviews with C.J. Stroud, Will Levis of Kentucky, C.J.'s from Ohio State, and uh, also Anthony Richardson, the quarterback from Florida, who turned out the combine with a, a dynamic workout. But once you look a little bit closer at his record, well, I don't want to give everything away. Let's let Charles Davis handle that. Here we go, Charles Davis. The top, Bryce. Bryce, Bryce Young's Bryce my CJ. top guy. Okay, yeah, top Bryce, guy. Bryce Young's my top guy. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, I know the questions so, about durability. So, you know, worried about durability. I know the questions about his size. All waiting to see what he weighs. Mm-hmm. And, and it reminds me of when Kyler Murray came through. Right, we were all, like, we're all like, if yeah. he's over 5'10", it was like a win. Right. And he right. did. He measured over 5'10". Mm-hmm. When Joe Burrow... When Joe Burrow's hand size was an issue, he hit nine inches. Right. Okay, we're done with that. Can he pick it? Mm-hmm. We're done with that. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting to see if he weighs close to 200 pounds. If he does, uh-huh. I think people are gonna eh, we'll move on to other things. Uh-huh. That's what I think. So we'll wait and see. But he's the ultimate playmaker, gifted uh-huh. playmaker, and better from the pocket than probably people give him credit for mm-hmm. because highlight tapes tend to show movement, movement. Uh, okay. the second reaction, third reaction, which mm-hmm. he does. And he can run, mm-hmm. pick up a first down or two for you with his feet. But he's not really running, moving mm-hmm. to run. He's moving to keep keep the play alive. And then he finds people. Anticipation, vision, all of that. I think he's the best one in the draft with all of it. The mm-hmm. full combo. Okay. And uh, Stroud uh, met with the Falcons. I'm 
he's probably going to be there at 8, but uh, they met with him. Doing due, due, due uh, diligence. You have to, mm -hmm. because what if he is sitting there? Mm -hmm. I know you drafted Desmond Ritter, but is that mm -hmm. truly, like, do you say to yourself, that's what I take? I mean, we all come back to Jordan Sam Bowie. Mm -hmm. Reason they didn't draft Michael Jordan was Clyde Drexler, who was one of the 50 greatest players in basketball when they did the poll right, along yep. with him. They're like, we already have Michael Jordan. Right. We need a big. Okay. But sometimes you just have to say, is I'll that guy, is, I take the best player. Uh -huh. That might be C.J. Stroud if indeed the Falcons are sitting there and having to consider it like that. Uh -huh. And uh, Richardson, uh, they've interviewed him too. He's got created quite a buzz. That's here. what I've he heard. Job in his That's what I've heard. He's a great kid. Mm -hmm. um, I like him a lot. We just had an interview with him, and mm -hmm. uh, he's, he's really good. Most physically gifted quarterback in the strap, bar none. Okay. Like, it's not even close, right? Uh -huh. Will Levis might give him a little bit of a run. He mm -hmm. knows where the weight room is. Right. He works out hard. But this kid is so cut and so mm -hmm. per. I mean, he's wow. Um, kind of like that Cam Newton wow factor. Right. Cam yeah. came through, although still not Cam. Right. right, right, right Cam right, right. is just. Cam did it. He, I mean, every. Just so. I mean, wow. Mm -hmm. You can see back in form words, right? Right. But, but this young man only has 13 career starts. Right. I like him. The best of him on mm -hmm. tape, you like a lot. Mm -hmm. But there's an inconsistency to the tape. Mm -hmm. Is he going to develop that? There's a good chance of it. Mm -hmm. But he might have to do it on the job. Right. We don't have it. The Brock Purdy phenomenon happened because he hit his two things. One, he hit the right place, which was mm -hmm. San Francisco. Yeah, a and a stuff, lot of people do well in San Francisco yeah. because they do a great job with QBs. And two... 46, 48 career starts in, in college. In college yeah, right. It's a whole different ball game. Yeah, that's the Bill Purcell's rule. He wanted to see you start third. We're not games. gonna have it anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, I love, old. I love the, I love the Coach Parcells formula: mm -hmm. thirty games, captain, three years mm -hmm. starter, win so many games, yeah. all that. And I think it holds up. But, 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 but we're not changed. gonna see it. <laughs> yeah, the times have changed. I mean, they're not gonna see it. Mm -hmm. Like Anthony Richardson, uh -huh. under normal circumstances, he would have said, "Yeah, I'm gonna go back go to back school and, and do all do that." It. Yeah. You but if you figure you're going to be a first-round pick, mm -hmm. why are you going to put that in jeopardy? Right, I don't right. blame the young man at mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. But he is working from a different place in terms of experience. And mm -hmm. that's what he's going to have to work through. Mm -hmm. Not saying he can't because mm -hmm. he is gifted. And uh, what about uh, Stetson Bennett from Georgia? So I'm in the middle early, late I, now. I want to see him. I want to see him do all the drills and, and run because mm -hmm. I have a sneaking suspicion mm -hmm. his number is going to be better than what people think. I Whoa. think he's a better athlete than mm -hmm. what people say. Okay, okay. And the reason I say that is just flashes. Mm -hmm. Like I saw a couple runs in college. You saw a couple of those big runs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the one that really got me was against TCU mm -hmm. championship game. Mm -hmm. I think he had two plays. He mm -hmm. exited out on a blindside blitz, mm -hmm. felt it, gave that baseball turn, got outside, got upfield. Mm -hmm. Then there was another one where he just put, you know, we use that, overuse that term, put his foot in the ground, mm -hmm. but he made that <laughs> cut. He made a cut and whoosh. Uh -huh. Now, I don't know if that speed is different because it was a college football game. Mm -hmm. But I thought to myself, I think he's more athletic than I've given him credit for. I want to see how that plays out. Now, he's got some stuff you got to clear up uh -huh. because his run up to this week yeah, has yeah, yeah. not been good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he addressed, not been his, good. Uh, he addressed his issues yeah. with Dallas and, and the wrist and so but, but, you know, if you can, you know, listen, we're, we don't hold everything against everyone. Let's mm -hmm. give him an opportunity. Let's see how it plays out. But I'm mm -hmm. eager to watch him do everything. And I'm hoping that he's going to test here. I'm hoping he's going to run and do drills and all the other stuff. Because that's going to give me a better baseline on it. Well, it was quite the week in Indianapolis. A uh, lot of news. Uh, we had the cross-section of the news side and 
the combine uh, meet in Indianapolis in Athens, Georgia. Jalen Carter, who's considered one of the top players in the draft going one or two, was arrested on Tuesday. He had to fly back from Indianapolis uh, and turn himself in on the arrest warrants in Athens, Georgia, and then came back to interview uh, the following day with the um, with some of the teams. And some of our people, uh, the agents saw him on the plane, uh, Kevin Connor and his uh, agency group, they were on the plane at 6 o'clock coming out of uh, Atlanta, coming back to the combine. So uh, Jalen Carter, uh, who wasn't going to work out anyway uh, at the combine, but uh, was scheduled to talk to the media, that was canceled when the AJC story broke by the investigative team that morning. Alan Judd and Dylan uh, Jackson on the fact that Jalen Carter was at the scene of the crash that killed two individuals and uh, left the scene, according to uh, our AJC report. Now, that's going to be troubling for a lot of uh, NFL teams because they talk about, you know, brotherhood and sticking together. And he's allegedly racing and uh, there's an accident, and, and, you know, if you're a real true brother, you go check on your brothers, make sure they're okay, not leave the scene. So that's going to be very troubling uh, for NFL teams. And, you know, we've seen reports already that uh, he's dropped out of the top 10 by our good pal Mike Sando uh, with the Athletic. So uh, Jalen Carter is going to have to convince teams he's not that kind of guy that's going to run when things get tough. And, uh, you know, uh, there were already some concerns about his character that nobody, uh, you know, there, there wasn't anything to point to. But this new uh, revelation is going to be very troubling uh, for NFL teams because things are going to get tough in the NFL and they want to know if you're going to hide or stand up. In that situation, uh, he did not stand up. He, uh, you, you would think your instincts would be to go check on your brothers and make sure they're okay. But he wanted to, um, you know, take care of himself is, uh, you know, what the uh, perception is going to be from the NFL team. So that was a, one of the things that kind of got things started. Then Stetson Bennett, he hadn't spoken since his arrest in Dallas uh, when he should have been at the Senior Bowl, but he was not. He was training. We um, finally got the police report out of Dallas, and it reported that he was hiding behind a brick wall uh, didn't want the um, Dallas police to find him in an intoxicated state. But he stood up to the microphone and took questions. I uh, presented him with one, like, what happened that day in Dallas on his arrest. And he apologized to his family, not so much to the Georgia fans, uh, and that he recognized that as a four, that he can't be in those situations. That meant he's Stetson Bennett, the fourth, and uh, he was more more uh, uh, upset with the fact that he sullied his own family name there and uh, he took time to apologize to them at the scouting combine. So those were some of the things that went to the microphone and uh, that the Georgia players had to address. Now, when things got to the field, they did pretty good. Uh, Nolan Smith uh, ran a, a really fast 4-4. Kylie Ringo probably ran into the uh, first round. And uh, Darnell Washington, the big tight end, also ran very well. Uh, and that's six foot seven, two hundred sixty pounds. Uh, you know, a lot of teams are, you know, marveling at his size, speed, athletic combination. 
But one of my guys from Dallas, uh, Clarence Hill, was like, well, he wasn't even the, the best tight end on his team. I was like, yeah, because the other guys all world. But, uh, you know, so that's what people got to work through. It's like, hey, if he was all that good, they would have did, he would have, um, you know, uh, uh, did a little bit more at Georgia. But I know watching the games, I, I marveled every time the ball went his way uh, and was like, wow, look at this big guy. And, uh, you know, the hurdles and, 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 you know, runs after the catch were uh, something that do project to the NFL. He was a big recruit out of Las Vegas, uh, Under Armour, All-American type guy. So he definitely projects. And uh, those are the top five on my list. I got Carter, Stetson Bennett, Nolan Smith, and Kylie Ringo for the UGA guys who um, had combine issues, good, bad, or, uh, you know, good, bad, and uh, indifferent. They, the teams are going to want to know a whole lot more about Jalen Carter and why he left the scene of a uh, crash and why he's racing. You know, this was um, that was the second one that we knew about, 89 miles per hour, 89 miles per hour in a 45 zone. He was given a, a pass by the cop. Maybe, um, you know, you can all go in retrospect now, but, you know, maybe the cop needs to be held accountable for, for that pass. Uh, maybe we don't, you know, uh, you know, well, we're not gonna get into the police situation right now, but that that was that's what happened. That's what's been reported, uh, and uh, you know, we'll uh, see Jalen Carter. He's supposed to um, work out on March the fifteenth at Georgia's pro day, and so we'll see how that goes. So with that, we're gonna take a break here from the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We're gonna come back and get into some free agency the quarterback carousel around the National Football League, and uh, wrap it on up here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs. And I'm Ned Ravone. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Welcome back to the podcast here today from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I want to take this time again to thank everyone who subscribes to the AJC and AJC.com. It's what makes all of this possible. Now, if you haven't joined our community yet, we have a special deal available right now for listeners to the podcast. You can get an unlimited digital access to everything the AJC has to offer for the next six months for just 99 cents. That's all of our stories on AJC, our terrific e-paper, and all of our newsletters, including Bradley's Buzz from legendary columnist Mark Bradley. That's just 99 cents for the next six months. 
So take advantage of this offer. Go to subscribeajc.com slash podcast. That's subscribeajc.com backslash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. All right, the first shoe dropped in free agency for the Atlanta Falcons today when they re-signed outside linebacker Lorenzo Carter to a two-year deal. Lorenzo from Norcross High in the University of Georgia will be back. He played last season on a one-year $3.5 million contract. He uh, spent the first four years in the NFL with the New York Football Giants. He started every game last season for the Falcons, finished with 58 tackles, four sacks. He had four of the 21, 12 quarterback hits, 15 pressures, an interception return for a touchdown, and a fumble recovery last season. He also took a a block punt in against the Los Angeles Rams early in the season. It was the first signing of the offseason for the Falcons, who who had 64 points. $66.4 $66.4 million in salary cap space before Carter signed. Now they have 22 other players to sign or let go. And general manager Terry Fontenot had this to say at the combine as they were meeting with agents and so forth. He said, we're working hard with some of those players and some of them we're going to be able to bring back in here and get extensions done. Falcons general manager Terry Fontenot uh, said on February 28th at the scouting combine in Indianapolis. Some will happen soon. Some will take a little bit of time. Some we won't be able to bring back. So let's look at this here on some that may not be able to bring back and some that are coming back. We don't have any news any, uh, down the pipeline or any, uh, any uh, definites right now. Uh, we have been checked. We checked with the agents before the combine, and we started checking today uh, with his signing here of Carter. And uh, we just have, uh, you know, the Carter signing and, and nothing in the pipeline. But some decisions have to be made. Uh, Caleb McGarry, they have to 4 p.m. To, to tag him. He was not signed to his $13.6 million fifth-year option last season. And came out and played his best season for for the Falcons. Uh, he um, so you know logic is that okay they wouldn't give him thirteen point six million. Why would they give him eighteen point two million now? Okay, that's what if they if they tag him, that's what it would would cost eighteen point two uh, right out of that sixty six point four. Uh, you know if I got to project it, I'm I'm not. Uh, and we haven't heard back from his people. So, you know, when they when they when he was out fishing in Washington, they wanted to share his pictures and everything. But now that we want to find out about the news, we can't find the agents. So uh, we'll keep efforting them. And uh, if something happens, we'll report it. But I don't see, uh, you know, and I, t- I had some chats with uh, folks inside the building, and they were happy with his play. And, and he... Um, you know, came in in shape this year. He started to catch on last year in the middle of the year what uh, Coach Arthur Smith and Dwayne uh, Ledford wanted of him. And, uh, you know, so he came back and had his best year. And we got numbers for that. 
But, you know, that's one of their big off decisions, too. I was talking to uh, one of their people at the combine. It's like, hey, so what are we, you know, we, he was good, but, you know, we were 7 and 10 with him. You're talking about bringing back people who, you know, helped us go 7 and 10. So basically, they think they could upgrade at that spot. And uh, it's not a lot out there in free agency, but there are some tackles in the draft that'll be there at eight. Ohio State's Paris Johnson Jr., Georgia's Broderick Jones, Northwestern's Peter Skaronsky. So uh, I could see that. I could see them letting him ride and uh, replacing him with one of those big guys. The They interviewed, too. They interviewed with uh, Skaronsky. I didn't ask Paris Jones, but I did ask Broderick. So two out of three, that's a sweep for us. Uh, now just, you know, for some people, there'll be a market for McGarry if they don't tag him or don't, or don't resign him. He had an 86.6 pro football focus grade. His projected market value is at $17.7 million a year by spot rack. I can see the Falcons not wanting to pay that. They didn't want to pay the 13. So, uh, you know, uh, those are just facts right now. But he did give up six sacks. That's the problem. We, you know, going back, yeah, we, you know, there were some issues coming out. And one of the reports I had was he's going to struggle against elite pass rushers. And that's played out. Even last year with his best year with them running the ball, being the number three ranked running attack in the league, he still has six sacks that he gave up. And uh, he had grades of 54, 64.3, 62.8. You know, those are Fs in any school. And, um, you know, the 86.6, you know, that's close to, you know, if I'm nice and we got a sliding scale, that's a B plus, A minus. So that was uh, really good last season in helping them run the ball. But his sack numbers are, are there. He gave up 13 as a rookie, 4 in 2020. And then nine and 2021. Rashawn Evans, the former first round pick of the Titans and a perfect replacement for Fourier Ulicon. He wants to come back and the Falcons want him. It's uh, money is the issue. But a couple of uh, veteran linebackers hit the market yesterday. Kendricks out of Minnesota and then Frank Clark uh, from Kansas City. Uh, so, uh, you know, the linebacker market is, uh, is out there. It's been upgraded. And they've also talked to some of the top line. They also talked to a lot of the top linebackers at the combine. And you can go on AJC.com. We, I mean, it was flying. We were stories, writing one stories, doing a couple notebooks a day. Then we had the Georgia situation. Uh, I know Peter King on his column talked about he had walked 25,000 steps. I had 57,000 steps last week. So, um, if I didn't have the beers to go with the 57,000 steps, I would have, that'd have been really, really good. But hey, uh, we had to keep it moving up there. Try to meet as many people as we could and get y'all as much information as we could. And I'm going to leave us with a little tidbit at the end for everybody to keep their eyes on. So let's get through the rest of these. Those were the main ones. Uh, Lama Day Zacchaeus, uh, you know, was uh, in a holding pattern, dependable second uh, leading receiver. Right now, you know, they got time before the 15th. You know, they can do a lot here in the next week or so. You know, they like to do the news drop on Friday thing. So, Lorenzo coming in on a Tuesday is a good one. Bradley Pinions, the punter. Keith Smith at fullback. He was named to a, uh, he was named as a second alternate for the Pro Bowl. 
Isaiah Oliver, if he gets the free agency, I think you got to get him back because, um, you know, your secondary is already kind of, you know, um, you know, you're relying on a 34-year-old guy in Casey Hayward, which, you know, he's a good guy if he's healthy. But that, that was um, – it wasn't no surprise that they had talked to Christian Gonzalez, the fine cornerback from Oregon at the Combine. So, you know, if you think you could replace the corner there at eight, you, you do it, uh, even though you need tackles. Uh, you know, the Falcons need everything. So, you know, they're going to use all the options. And Terry Fino said they said, we need a lot – and uh, I'm, you know, so we we've said that, you know, on defense, you know, you got Grady, you got uh, AJ Terrell, and, and you know, they got Lorenzo Carter back, uh, but you know, you need you need a lot, you need a lot of guys to improve. So he he uh, agreed with that. Eric Harris, cornerback, great locker room guy. You could bring him back in August if he really really want him. I don't think anybody else is gonna be beating down the door to get him. Uh, after safeties, you know, start getting to hurt and stuff, you just tell him, hey, Eric, stay in shape, buddy. Uh, you know, stay by the phone. You know, if not, you been, did a good job here for two years helping us out. Uh, Demir Bird provi- provided a deep threat last season. You could probably upgrade there. You're going to try to anyway. Uh, German Afedi, he was McGarry's backup. Uh, you could bring him back in August too, you know, June, or if you want him for a mini camp, you know, bring him back then. Uh, Mike Ford, I think you want him back. He was key special teamers, played over 361 snaps. You just wish he could give you a little bit of depth at corner, uh, but you know, um, he's definitely, uh, you know, special teamer. He had seven special teams tackles and a key block on Patterson's uh, record-breaking touchdown. Anthony Fersker. Uh, you're hoping that John Fitzpatrick could take over this role. He played in 11 games, made one start as a quality reserve. That's what you drafted Fitzpatrick for. He's a big man. Uh, you want to see him, if he can uh, handle the inter- rigors of the NFL, former Georgia tight end out of Maris. Elijah Wilkerson, he won the starting job. They brought in the kid from the Vikings. I'm going to give Schaefer a shot. And you got Jalen Mayfield. You know, didn't play at all last year, so got to try to upgrade there. Vincent Taylor, the nose tackle. Bo Brinkley, long snapper. You signed, re-signed, restricted free agent Liam McCullum. So I don't ever remember a team having two long snappers. I mean, it could happen, but I, I don't I haven't seen it yet. Corderell Hodge uh, played 250 special team snaps. He's been with four four teams, I believe it is. Dependable reserve, I think they can, you know, they could sign him uh, and give him a quality deal. He was also one of the top. He led the team in nine with nine special teams tackles. Nick Kajkowski, a quality reserve. Uh, I would bring McCole Pruitt back. Him and uh, Ritter seem to click with Kyle Pitts out. So, especially in the red zone, I bring him back. Uh, Jaleel Johnson. He gave them depth along the line last year. Kobe Gassett was depth at guard. Uh, Matt Dickerson was late season depth along the line. Uh, none of these guys are, are high priorities, but, you know, they're in the system. They know how you like to do things. Uh, they'll get consideration, you know, after this first wave here. Uh, he made uh, Chuma Adoga, McEachern High. He made one start, USC kid. 
and uh, Rashad Fenton. The Falcons traded a conditional seventh-round pick to the Chiefs for Fenton and Buzz Cook before the combine. Buzz Cook, I'm sorry, a legendary agent out of southern Mississippi. Had no idea what the Falcons planned to do with Fenton, but he played in two games and made one start. You know they're trying to upgrade at cornerback. If they liked him, he was just a stopgap for last year when things were, were going crazy, you know, then he, he's not coming back. But if they liked him and wanted to give him time to learn the defense and get his feet underneath him and so forth, then they can get him, get him uh, situated and bring him back. Now, before we get out of here today and, uh, uh, you know, we are getting ready to swing into the pro day circuit. I just uh, got my credential for the uh, Georgia camp. Uh, me and uh, uh, Gabe Burns are going to split up some of these pro days. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, I'm going to pull up my list here if it'll come up real quick. So we got Texas starting off on uh, May, March the 9th. So that's in a couple of days. As far as we're concerned, the first one's going to be Georgia on the 15th. Um, got Tulane, Syracuse, nothing big there. Auburn Tuesday, March 21st. Then the quarterbacks start rolling. That's going to be the big week there. Ohio State is uh, March 22nd, Tuesday. Uh, then uh, you got Alabama Wednesday, the 23rd. And uh, then uh, Kentucky, uh, the March 24th. So that's Stroud. Bryce Young and uh, Levis, and then we'll jump down to uh, March the 30th. That's Florida. That's Anthony Richardson. Uh, Hooker, I don't think he's going to be ready to play then, but they uh, Tennessee is also on March the 30th. I don't have Clemson's date in here yet, finishing up this list, but, yeah, those are the key key ones. Uh, you know, there's a bunch on the 30th. You've got App State, Oklahoma, TCU, Fresno State. Tennessee and Florida. So uh, that's where we're at. Looking for Clemson. That'll be one that we normally go to and we'll try to go to again. So, yeah, we're going to go to the pro day circuit. And then before we get out of here, just the quarterback situation, because the Falcons, again, at the combine had a chance to uh, tell us, uh, you know, they were rolling with Desmond Ritter. But a few things have happened since then. Uh, Derek Carr has signed with the Saints four years, $150 million. That fourth year isn't really, uh, it's not guaranteed, but uh, $100 million of it is guaranteed. So the, the Baltimore Ravens, and we wrote about this from the Combine, uh, talking to Eric DaCosta and Jim Harbaugh and also um, some deep background from the Wizard of Oz. Uh, they want to resign him. They give they've they've uh, made what they believe to be a more than fair offer. Uh, but you know the only nobody knows what the real holdup is. But reasonable to conclude that uh, Lamar wants a deal better than the five year two hundred thirty million dollar deal that Cleveland gave Deshaun Watson. And uh, the teams are just hey that's an outlier. Um, and so if you look at Derek Carr's contract as a three-year, $100 million contract, you know, then that's like $33 million a year, which is what the uh, franchise tag is for Lamar. It would be $32 million. But he's, you know, wants the $46 million per year that uh, Mahomes and uh, 
uh, Kyler Murray have gotten. So, you know, you got to see both sides of that argument. They they look like they're headed for a, uh, you know, it is a real long and nasty negotiation. I don't think it gets settled before four today, but we'll see. And uh, if we have breaking news about, it, you know, how it will work is they would put the non-exclusive tag on him. Then that means he can negotiate with other teams. They put the exclusive franchise tag on him. He can't negotiate with other teams and it's $45 million a year. So they put the non-exclusive tags on him. The doors open for other teams to put forth the offer sheet. That's where the Lamar could go to the Falcons stuff comes in at. You got to be the Falcons. You got to be like, hey, we'll give up two first round picks, but you know, we got to come up with a deal with Lamar's mom. So I don't know. You're not going to put in an offer sheet without talking to them about what they need or to be able to do the deal. Or if you think it's Deshaun and you weren't ready to do the Deshaun deal last year, why are you going to do Lamar at, you know, more than the Deshaun deal? And he's missed 10 games the last two years. So, you know, that's what the, uh, that's what's being weighed here. I certainly get it. If I'm Arthur Blank, if I'm the owner, you know, I go in on that one. And, uh, you know, my football guys are probably mad, but uh, I see the empty seats. Um, they won't even give you the attendance at the game. <laughs> so, uh, but the team is coming back. They're on a solid foundation. And uh, this year is going to be uh, pivotal in the turnaround of this rebuilding process. They play good, solid football for Arthur Smith. They've been making good, sound decisions in the front office. And then maybe, you know, throwing away some picks. Uh, and a lot of money for Lamar is not the way to go. But if I'm the owner, I would understand that wholeheartedly, especially in light of the fact that they uh, went after Deshaun, which I I understood. I'd heard they go after him, but that was before all the massage parlor stuff and the misconduct and so forth. So, you know, that's where we're at here in the off seasons. Getting ready to get real busy here. We got a free agency and Georgia Tech Pro Day on the same day. So a lot of these guys are going to be, uh, you know, free and able to go get a deal out on the open marketplace. Uh, you know, they wanted to keep Lorenzo Carter. The list of people they want to keep is not very long. So uh, they can keep, you know, and they know they know what else is going to be out there in free agency uh, after coming back from the combine and interviewing and talking with the um, agents and so forth. Got to keep a watch on the Jesse Bates to the Falcons uh, stuff we saw uh, David Mulligetta and some of his clients uh, in Atlanta posting videos and stuff. So, uh, you know, we'll keep an eye on that. That'd be a good get for the Falcons. But, yeah, so that's where we're at. You know, post-combine, we're getting ready to swing in the pro days here. We got free agency getting ready to heat up. So it'll be a pretty busy next little, um, you know, two, two three weeks. Then kind of slow down a little bit and we start getting ready for the draft in late uh, March. You know, we'll start uh, – getting our position-by-position position stories together for April. And then the draft will be April 27th through the 29th uh, in Kansas City. So that's where uh, we are here uh, in the offseason. Uh, and ideally, the Falcons should be uh, getting really good or really better here. Or let's say better. They should be much improved on paper here. The depth chart right here on March the 7th. To look a lot different next month on April the 7th. So that's my charge to the general manager. 
you know, improve this depth chart, at least win the offseason, uh, and give uh, the fans some hope here in Atlanta. So with that, we're going to take uh, ask you all to take care, and uh, we hope you have a great rest of your week.